hello and welcome to the weird and the strange for all things weird and everything strange. My name's Nikki and I'm here with my friend Dev. Hello. At her kitchen table um, <laughs> and it's what's your special topic for Burns Night today? Oh yes, <laughs> happy Burns. Thank you, oh, thank you for my night. Scottish, Scottish referencing early. I know, start off as I mean to go on. <laughs> Have you been practicing, were you like on the way here? Yeah, again? I was like it's going to be Burns Night. <laughs> Okay, it's probably it's definitely not relevant. To oh, I missed a trick there, didn't mm, I? Yeah. <laughs> so I started off writing one topic, but then last week I stumbled across a breaking news article about seven people being found dead in Panama after an indigenous sect performed an exorcism on them. What? And whilst wow. this is really sad story and a terrible thing that happened, it got me on a little road of today's topic, which is all about exorcisms. Ooh. And it's actually a lot more interesting than I um, anticipated. Mm. So what I knew about exorcisms, exorcisms was obviously... <laughs> Not how to speak, it's nice to say it. <laughs> yeah, or I need exercise with my uh, tongs. Um, so what I knew about exorcisms was obviously from horror films, but actually there is a lot more to it than that. Um, obviously it's a religious or spiritual ritual carried out to cure people of demonic possession. It signifies freeing a place, person or even an object from some form of negative spiritual influence. Whilst it's mostly associ- associated with Catholicism, probably for the, because of the Exorcist movie, it's actually found in almost all cultures and faith traditions. And it's predominantly found in tradi- tra- Christian traditions, though. What? No, sorry, I was burping. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I'm trying to be subtle. You didn't have to say. No, but I couldn't think of alternative. It was you put me on the spot. In Catholicism, (laughs) exorcisms are performed in the name of Jesus Christ, and there is a distinction made between a formal exorcism, one that can only be conducted by a priest during a baptism or with the permission of a bishop, and prayers of deliverance, which can be said by anyone. I want to go through this in a bit more detail later, so we'll just keep it at that for now. From the 16th century onwards, the Lutheran Church's pastoral handbooks describe the primary symptoms of demonic possession to be knowledge of secret things, knowledge of languages one has never learned, and supernatural strength. <laughs> like, knowledge of secret things. I know. Like, a bit more, bit more clarification yeah. on that. <laughs> um, I mean, like, basically the whole of Wikipedia would be, like, have to be exercised. Yeah, say. exactly. <laughs> um... <laughs> got this from wikipedia (laughs) ironically i hope you saged your computer as you did it (laughs) in the lutheran church it's stipulated that a physician be consulted first to um well i've put to rile out any medical or rule out any medical or psychiatric (laughs) illness the right center around driving driving out demons with prayers including the apostles creed and our mm. father. I didn't know that. I thought it was a video game. I didn't know it was a, <laughs> it was a thing. That's the Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like that terrible movie. Well, I don't know if it's terrible. I haven't seen it. With uh, Michael Fassbender. Uh, yeah. um, also, my other big thing when I was writing this, when it said father, somebody over there, uh-huh. it was written like FR. Yes. But when I was reading it, I was like, oh, Friar. <laughs> Friar John. And then I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot, it's father. Um, So in Mormonism, it's really not common at all, but nevertheless, there are still two methods. 
The first is by anointing consecrated oil and laying on of hands, followed by a blessing and commanding the spirit to leave. And the second is something called raising the hand to the square. I have no idea what that is. Um, And commanding the spirit away in the name of Jesus Christ. So it's only someone in the Melchizedek priesthood, which is the highest level of priest in the Mormon church. It's unknown how many exorcisms are performed as they aren't recorded and demonic possession isn't really discussed, which is why it's thought to be quite rare. Mm. So as you know, I'm always fascinated where there's a crossover of things happening in different cultures and this is very much the same with exorcisms. For example, there is a Tibetan ritual and tradition of exorcising Ghost Day, which sounds fun. Mm. Um, So this is a religious ceremony called Gutor, which um, translates as offering of the 29th and is held on the 29th of the 12th Tibetan month. Which is... I don't know. So well, we, we should definitely find that out. Yeah, so we don't know if it's December. Yeah. Or not. Or not. Mm. We'll have to look at that. <laughs> um, so with a focus on driving out all negativity, including evil spirits and misfortunes of the past year, and starting the new year in a peaceful and auspicious way. So religious ceremonies take place in monasteries, families clear their houses decorate rooms and um, eat a special noodle soup called guthuk. And in the evening, people carry torches calling out the words of exorcism. So it's kind of like a community thing. Mm, cool. <laughs> Hinduism also has a ritual involving... Although it d- does sound a lot like just like New Year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like we in my village at home, we they have like a torchlight procession. Oh, and really? then people come over to your house, they first foot you, which means they're the first people who set foot across your door. Yeah. And they have to bring like coal and shortbread yeah. and whiskey for sustenance and cold. warmth. It's for warmth and friendliness and, uh, and sustenance or something. My parents' neighbours did that to us when we were little and I was like, this is weird, really weird and why have you got coal? Yeah, we don't have a coal fire. Yeah, <laughs> this is so odd. No, it's like, a, yeah, it's, it's a tradition for like, uh, you know, to sort of bring in, bring in, bring in all the good things uh, as the first person to cross the door. I think you were my first person to cross my door. Well. In the new year, you did bring me flowers. And sustenance, because I brought... Uh, crisps, I think. <laughs> Chris and Prosecco. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it was donuts. It was even better. Oh yeah, it was stale donuts. So. Oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> they were reduced <laughs> for a reason. Unfortunately, yeah, I'll maybe. never make that mistake. No. That, well, that's a learning experience for the new year. Exactly. <laughs> it can only get better. Don't skimp on donuts. <laughs> yeah. So Hinduism also has a ritual involving reading scriptures, continuous mantras, keeping holy pictures of deities in the house burning incense, sprinkling water from holy rivers and blowing conches. It is believed that praying to Lord Hanuman gives the best results. In fact, just uttering the name Lord Hanuman makes the evil forces and devils tremble in fear. Cool. Islamic exorcisms are very similar to Catholic. They might consist of the person being exercised by lying down while a sheikh places a hand on the patient's head while reciting verses from the Quran, but that is not mandatory. The drinking of sprinkling of holy water may sorry did you skip a bit <laughs> no 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 i just pressed a button um i really should start printing these out again so they may consist of the person being exercised by lying down while well, shake blah 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 the drinking or sprinkling of holy water may also take place along with applying perfumes called itar in some cases the call for daily prayers is also read as this has the effect of repelling non-angelic unseen beings also known as jinn mm. Like genies. Yeah. The the Jewish exorcism ritual is performed by a rabbi who has mastered practical Kabbalah. Also present is a minion, which is a group of 10 adult men. 
who gather in a circle around the possessed person. They recite Psalm 91. Not speaking in tongues and being yellow then, sort of like... Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, not, no. It's spelled M I N Y A M. Oh, Minyan. <laughs> um, so they recite Psalm ninety-one three times, and then the rabbi blows a ram's horn, which is blown in such a way as to shatter the body, so that the possessing force will be shaken loose. The rabbi speaks to the entity, asking it questions about why it is possessing the body, whilst the minyan pray for it and perform a ceremony for it in order to enable it to feel safe so that it can leave the person's body, which I thought was quite nice. So they're not like, get out, you little shit. They're like, come on, off you off you come. Yeah. It's safe out here. Yeah, and then go somewhere else. Yeah, and then, and then fuck off. Yeah. Um, it's like Ghostbusters. It's yeah. Like, you know, come on, come on. And then we're... Yeah. yeah. In Taoism, there are two reasons why a person might be possessed by an evil spirit. Either the... They have disturbed a ghost accidentally or intentionally and the ghost seeks revenge or an alive person could be jealous and uses black magic as a form of revenge. So Taoist exorcisms include chanting, physical movements and praying as a way to drive away the spirit. They are also performed during festivals but many mainly regarded as entertainment rather than necessity and the leaders of non-festival exorcisms create a dramatic performance to call out the de- demons to the village Uh, so that the village can once again have peace. The leaders strike themselves with a sharp weapon, so they bleed for them, and the blood is considered to be a protector. So after the rituals, the blood is blotted with the tissue and put in the door of houses as an act of protection against evil spirits. So if you go to a Taoist house and they've got bloody tissue in the doorway, it's not rubbish. Uh. Don't throw it out. (laughs) So it's really interesting to me that there is some form of exorcist ritual in most almost most cultures and religions Mm. um however for today's episode that was quite a long introduction i'm going (laughs) to concentrate on catholic exorcisms mainly because unlike most faiths it was seen as an essential part of early catholicism in fact we all know of a type of exorcism performed regularly by the church and that is the baptismal exorcism Mm. so blessing blessing an infant prior to baptism to clean it of evil evil resulting from original sin Mm -hmm. did not realize that that counted as an exorcism oh no um in the middle ages exorcisms altered to become more indirect this is also known as simple exorcism which is blessing a place or thing to rid it of evil influence and this would usually involve using salt oil and water as a cleansing ritual and later the holiness of saints and their shrines incapable of miracles began to take precedence over actual exorcisms so during the reformation catholic practices became more and more into the spotlight and exorcism was consequently reclassified and subject to stringent methods as the catholic as the church sought to establish strict criteria of diagnosis legality came to the forefront of this and led to questions about who had the authority to legitimately perform an exorcism and it's soon became restricted and it was therefore during the 17th century that exorcism was properly defined and this became known as real exorcism i.e performing the right of exorcism to rid a human being of a diabolical possession in this case it is only the priest that can be an exorcist and is dealing with the human being who is possessed by the devil so requested and performed exorcisms began to decline by the 18th century mainly due to modern medicine and psychological advancements. 
Neurological and psychological explanations such as epilepsy and hysteria were used instead of de- demonic possession. Mm. However, the latter half of the 20th century saw a sharp rise. In So in the early 1960s to mid-70s, there was a, a 50% increase in requests and then it petered off a bit. And until 2018, once and once again, there's been a sharp rise. And this is just for Catholic exorcisms. So the 60s and 70s was most likely due to the movie The Exorcist. Mm. But I wanted to explore in more detail the more recent increase. Mm. So Pope Francis, our favourite Pope, yep. has specifically told priests not to hesitate to call on exorcists if they hear confessions or see be- see behaviour indicating satanic activity. So I think he's very much encouraging it. Wow. He even organised an exorcism workshop in Rome with more than 250 priests from 51 countries assembling to learn the latest techniques to think? exercise demonic spirits. Do you think he did it like with Lego? Like, you know, hey, this is the new thing is to do like <laughs> workshops with Lego. With Lego. You can have like little Lego people. <laughs> so what you would do is <laughs> let's um, just set this up as if. <laughs> well, in the workshop, not not only holy water, the Bible, and the crucifix were used, but techniques techniques on how to use a mobile phone for long distance exorcisms were taught. <laughs> God, I mean, they've got an app for everything. (laughs) Oh, I wonder if there is an app. (laughs) Why don't you Google it? (laughs) So official numbers are few and far between, um, but in 1996, it is known that the Catholic Church appointed, officially appointed 10 priests to the position of exorcist. However, some estimates say actually it's anything between 150 and 400. So that's quite a big Mm. jump. And then there are, of course, priests who are not official exorcists, but claim to have permission. Right. So traditionally, Catholic exorcists actually receive very little training, and it is not something seen as it is not seen as a specialized area of study. As such, in 1992, a group of official exorcists formed their own organization called the International Association of Exorcists. <laughs> it holds a biannual meeting in Rome and sends out a quarterly newsletter. Mm. And what I wouldn't see give to see a copy. They do have a website, .com. Of course. It's .com, though. Oh, it's .com, not it a is. .org. But it's mm. got two pages with a photo of Jesus on the cross, and that's it. Right. There's no, like, login or anything like that, so they've not built it, basically. Yeah. Um, is what... it like you just contact this guy? <laughs> no, not nothing. It's just got a picture of Jesus on the cross. That's it? Yeah. Weird. I know. What I did find is um, the newsletter usually covers particularly difficult or interesting cases and swapping tricks of the trade with other exorcists. Wow, that's random. I know. Um, In January 1999, the Vatican issued a revised exorcism right to be used and the direction comprised of a single section of the uh, Rome, Rome ritual, which is in is one of the books describing the rights of the Roman Catholic Church. So prior to 1999, the official right dated back to 1614. Wowzer. So at least they updated it. No, but like it just seems really strange that they were like, oh yeah, so I think just going into the 21st century is when we really need to... Uh, <laughs> Y2K. I know. <laughs> yeah, we need to make sure that just in case there's like a, a ton of demons that are released by... Um, Y2K. Coming, became, yeah, coming 2000. Like, oh, weird. Um, it required the exorcist to dress, so this new rites it required the exorcist to dress in this surplice and purple stole. I'm not sure what the surplice is. I'm guessing it's the white gown thing. I don't know. No. 
sorry for all Catholics who are listening. Um, the ritual is mostly a series of prayers, statements and appeals asking God to free the subject from the devil and demanding in the name of God that the devil leave the subject's body. There are also actions to be taken at particular times, which include sprinkling holy water on everyone in the room, laying hands on the subject, making the sign of the cross and touching the subject with a Catholic relic, <laughs> which is usually an object associated with a saint. <laughs> Fingertip. <laughs> um, Kidney stone, like yeah. <laughs> anything. <laughs> Have you ever been to a Catholic church, particularly in Italy though? And they're like, here's a toenail from yep. St. Anne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or like a fragment of the true cross. And it's like, when they say fragment, it's like... A splinter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so before any of this happens, anybody, any possible cases of possession to the church start off with an investigation and it's typically a process of elimination. So they set check if the subject exhibit, exhibits telltale signs of demonic possession, like odd behaviour or talking in tongues. And if there is any other way to explain the behaviour other than demonic possession. So often the priest will consult a psychiatrist, psychiatrist to discern if this is a mental illness. The subject then undergoes a medical examination to find out if the symptoms can be attributed to a physical disorder or illness. And they also consider the possibility of fraud. So they go mm. quite in depth. So it seems it's like the it's the other side of the coin from like the investigations that they do for miracles. Um, because yeah. that's pretty much they have like an, analysts and uh, investigators yeah. for miracles for the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So once all um, all bases are covered and the f- priest is satisfied about the validity of the possession, they then consider if an exorcism is the appropriate next step. So that and then an exorcist is, is appointed, and often it is the same priest who performed the investigation, but not always. So it's like. It's quite good because it's the last resort. Mm. But then, if you're the person who's performing it, yeah, kind of, it's sort of like, well, I guess it's whether you want to do lots or not. Yeah, like how do, how do you get targeted? Like, what's your target driven there? Yeah, <laughs> like but what's you your get goal? To have a submission in the National Association of Exorcists yeah, newsletter. Exactly. <laughs> um, or is it that you manage to uh, find like you know the most that weren't really ex- like they weren't really de- demonic possession yeah you managed to reveal the frauds and the yeah that's true yeah. just got to check what the target is <laughs> yeah what's your raison d'etre yeah exactly um from a legal standpoint well certainly in england and wales not sure about scotland or the rest of the world um but fairly sure the same principle pr- applies in the re- western rural world it but the law basically said if a child is involved then it must be assessed if the child is suffering or at risk from harm, then then the public authorities are required to be involved. So if there's any suspicion that there's a demonic possession, you forget exorcisms, you've mm. got to go straight to public authorities. Where adults are involved, it's a bit more complicated. So some faith groups see exorcism rites as having to involve a degree of violence as they need to make the body uncomfortable in order to drive the evil out. And obviously this can be dangerous as pleased to stop may be interpreted as coming from the demon rather than the sufferer. This means if there is any harm on the person, even if they have consented to the exorcism, that would still be seen as actual bodily harm and they could be prosecuted. Mm. So going back to the rising numbers, according to a priest from Sicily, the number of people in Italy claiming to be possessed has tripled. And an Irish... um, priest also confirmed that the demand has written 
So I nearly did it then. Father Pat Collins, not, <laughs> not Freya, Pat <laughs> Collins, from Ireland, mm. said he had been inundated almost daily with people seeking help to deal with what they believed to be demonic possession and other evil. So he called for more training in exorcism. He said, I'm not going to do this in an Irish accent, don't worry. <laughs> but he said, and I quote, when I'm finding out desperately, what I'm finding out desperately is people who in their own minds believe, rightly or wrongly, that they are afflicted by an evil spirit. I think in many cases they wrongly think it, but when they turn to the church, the church doesn't know what to do with them. Adding to this was a concern that it could be a form of spiritual abuse, with um, particularly where it comes to LGBTQ people and those with mental health issues who were targeted with the belief that their sexuality or psychiatric problems are the result of demonic possession. So with the call for help, the Vatican, along with the International Association of Exorcists, held another training course in 2018. And in fact, the International Association of Exorcists said the increase represented a pastoral emergency. <laughs> Further concern is that the shortage of training um, has led to a growing number of independent o- operators in Europe <laughs> offering to rid people and properties of demons for up to £500 a time. Oh, yeah. Weirdly, the other day, I got a fl- I don't know if I told you this, a no. flyer from a love doctor in my uh, letterbox. No way. Yeah. Weird. It was so weird. Um, and I was and I was like, ooh, I could do some independent journalism here. <laughs> and then I was like, no, because he's going to take all my money. <laughs> So this rise in exorcism requests has given rise to money-making exorcism ministries around the world. So they go against the Catholic principle of exorcisms being low-key. Um, so they're not necessarily secret, but they're certainly not made public. And that results are not to be published, whether or not it's a success, a success or failure. And the idea is to reduce harm, not to inflict it. For-profit exorcists are there to make money, so they use the data to advertise and are not always trained. Also, like, why would you go to, uh, like, if you believe that it's a demon, Yeah. why would you go to somebody who's Charging money. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're desperate and you've been to your priest Uh and he's like, mate, you're not, you're not, you've got, your son's gay and he's got schizophrenia, like, he he needs Mm. medical help and let him be gay. Yeah. And then they're like well no we need it's demonic possession it's desperation isn't it yeah but can you find anybody mm. but it's it's weird when like you know when you believe that you're so religious that you're right yeah uh, and the the priest you know but of your religion like if you hate your nose and you go on the nhs and they're like no we're not paying for your nose job and then you go to a surgeon and pay for it yeah but like hating your nose isn't a religious <laughs> no, religious I know. Dri- I know, but isn't religiously driven you pay basically you pay money out of desperation i suppose and if you've been turned down one avenue then you go and pay for it mm. so this is when you this is when you get the whole sort of like you know where do you where do you stand on sort of like going well you know um if you're stupid enough to pay for it like yeah to be taken in by a charlatan yeah and how sympathetic do you, you know but should as we, we know to from that? Thierry Tilly's episode yeah but I don't I don't think I don't think that's fair I think it's very easy to fall for for people's charms mm. I think I think it's really naive to think that you wouldn't well I wouldn't because I'm not going to get anybody exercised because I don't think I, no, it's ever going to be something saying, that I'm going to require if you fall for a charlatan yeah like I think it I think I think it's very easy to do mm. 
just keep your guard up people <laughs> um and don't pay for exorcisms. And don't you can pay get for them exorcisms free in church. <laughs> yeah, if, but if they take your case after the investigation. Mm. So, due to the Catholic principle of exorcisms that were being low-key and not public, it's very difficult to find evidence of this, incre- this re- reported increase. However, that being said, there are some examples of modern exorcism that have made its way into the media, but because they've gone wrong... I found a listicle, but thought it would be worth going through some of them and then looking at the reasons behind the rise um, and what the scientists say. Um, So in 1974, Michael Taylor was a husband and a father of five. He had frequent bouts of depression that seemed to ease after he met a 21-year-old pastor, Marie Robinson, so obviously not Catholic. He initially believed it was due to Robinson's ability to exercise his demons. Taylor's wife confronted him about having an affair with Robinson and he physically attacked her. Now, I'm not sure what happened in between those two things because that went zero to 100. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, that fairly much sounds like she was she was on, on the right, something, yeah, yeah, the yeah. right track. Yeah. But anyway, what actually this led to is two ministers performing an exorcism on him. Michael had seizures, spat at and bit the exorcist as well as screamed in tongues. And the next day he murdered his wife. He wasn't convicted because the defence's argument was that the exorcism had made him insane. So he got off with that. Wow. But, I mean, he was put into a mental institution, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the exorcisms. It was... He was already unwell. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, when you get off of something, it doesn't mean you don't go to a mental institution. Yeah, but it's in prison, though, is it? No. Um... 1976, Annalise Michael was the, um, the basis of the 2005 horror film The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um, so she was German and a demonic possession was actually an undiagnosed brain disorder, either schizophrenia, epilepsy or both. She welcomed an exorcism to help cure her and after 67 failed attempts, she ended up dying of starvation and the two priests were convicted of homicide. Wow. I know. 1990, a teenager called Gina had her exorcism televised on the ABC network. It was described by Newsweek as little more than gratuitous torment of a deeply disturbed young girl. Was that ABC America or ABC yeah, Australia? ABC America, I think. Wow. Um, they showed her being strapped to a chair while she screamed and barked unintelligibly whilst the reverend pressed a cross into her face and told her the demons, if they wanted pain, he'd give it to her. Ultimately, Gina was given antipsychotic drugs which dissipated her symptoms. Unsurprisingly. Yes. Wow. 1990. I think people just thought it wasn't real. Like, you know, if you, if you saw something like that on the telly. Yeah, maybe. You just like said, it was just acting. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Well, I read somewhere, I, d- I didn't include it in this, but th- I read somewhere that it's potentially like a form of narcissism or att- attention seeking. Mm. Right. Like disorder that people do that. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. Wow. Um, so in 2003, an autistic eight-year-old boy called Terence Cottrell was killed during a prayer service intended to drive out his evil spirits. He died due to mechanical asphyxia due to external chest compressions. What actually happened was the reverend sat on the boy's chest until <gasps> he stopped breathing. He was convicted of homicide. Good. Thankfully, yeah. yeah. So there were loads more of these, but I was writing them up and I was like, oh, I don't It's so depressing. Quite, yeah. Yeah. It's quite sad. Oh. Oh, it's just plumbing. Don't oh, worry. right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
Of these examples, it's clear that there were some psychiatric conditions underlying these supposed demonic possessions. However, what probably makes it so difficult to distinguish between the two is belief in being possessed by a demon is not in itself a recognised medical condition. Although certain conditions may be seen as, as such, for example, dissociative identity disorder, mania, Tourette syndrome, epilepsy, to name a few. There is something called demonomania or demonopathy in which the patient believes they are possessed. And these cases, is, um, but then it's not in the DSM-5 manual. Oh, yeah. Um, but in these cases, actually, exorcisms do work because it, they're like a placebo effect. Oh, okay. Um, so just, oh, shit, sorry, lost my space. <laughs> so despite modern psychiatric diagnosis, assistant and accessibility why then has the demand for exorcism increased? Well, hmm. priests believe it's due to the resurgence of an interest in divination and witchcraft. So according to Catholic teaching, engaging with the occult involves accessing parts of the spiritual realm that may be inhabited by demonic forces. One priest, Friar Lampert, no Father Lampert, <laughs> attributes this to the decline in faith. He says if someone is dealing with the demonic, it's a matter of faith. So it isn't just about casting evil out, it's also helping the person invite God into their life. So are we saying that there's more demons around because people are like flirting with Yeah, they're like, opening satanic, up those portals. Satanic and portals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, uh, historians of religion offer up a different explanation. So a few mention Pope Francis's influence as as well as his predecessor, Pope John Paul II, who brought renewed attention to the exorcism right when he when he had it updated in 1999. Mm. And then obviously Pope Francis is like training people left, right and centre. Yeah. However, what they do agree with is that priests, with the, they actually believe in the priests that a resurgence in an occult has caused the... Um, interested in exorcisms but obviously not for the reasons that the priests say they say that during periods when the influence of organized religion ebbs people then seek spiritual fulfillment through the through other means like the occult so then the willingness to believe in paranormal seems to have begun as a response to secularization spreading through culture and then landing them right back at the church in the form of people seeking salvation from demons through the catholic faith's um, most mystical ritual so they're like, well, yeah, if you believe in occults, then of course you're going to believe in exorcism. Mm. So it... I mean, basically, you can't believe you can't believe in the occult if you don't believe in in a god. Like, because yeah. you can't believe in a demon. Yeah. Um, because they, they don't exist as demons without, you know, the, the, there's no de- there's no Satan without God. Yeah. So I guess it's what you define as occult. Yeah. Like it. I don't know, tarot, tarot cards, yeah. for example, aren't necessarily the occult. Mm. Although, according to priests, it is. Well, but, I mean, it is It is because it's it's divination. It's divination, but, it's, but it's, it doesn't have to be demonic or godly, I think. But where are you getting the, the assumption that the tarots, tarots are giving you anything more than just a chance? And it's all it's all based on the how you read them anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, it? let's just not make... get into a debate again about tarot cards. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying is what they're saying is well if you're going to believe in tarot cards or crystals or anything like that yeah then obviously you're going to believe in exorcism but i don't think it's got to do with god and demons i think mm. it's just uh 
a belief in spirituality and mysticism. No, but if you if you believe in something that you need to you need to get rid of something, that means that you must think it's bad. And to to define it as bad, you must have to be able to define something the exorcism rate as good. So you have to have a good and bad. Like, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be God and Satan. Yeah. But it has to be there has to be some sort of like external force which is good or bad. Yeah, but there's, that's exactly what they're saying. They're saying this in this interest and this belief in in non I don't want to say non real things, but non non material things. Yeah, but basically it's just sort of like you've replaced Christianity with a different type of god or yeah. a spiritual system. And then the exorcism matches quite nicely with that and so therefore it's gone full circle. It'll just bring you straight back to the yeah, church because yeah. actually, yeah. Because exorcism's all about that. Yeah. God so, and yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's Ooh. my exorcism episode. That is interesting. I wouldn't have th- I wouldn't have thought that like people would be interested in the exorcism now. Yeah, no me either. Ma. I thought that would have definitely been dismissed. Yeah. Just it, like as just a silly haha. Yeah. But but then as I said, where is the proof of that? Because you don't record exorcisms. Yeah. So it is just priests saying it and that's, mm. maybe they just want a jolly at the Vatican. Yeah. Who knows? An away day. An away day. Yeah. Maybe the lunches <laughs> are really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not anymore because Pope Francis is in charge and he's coming yeah, back on all the... All the frugalness. Sort of, yeah, exactly. The fancy schmancy um, red leather shoes. Did you see he slapped some, some woman's hand the other day? Yes, <laughs> that was brilliant. It's like, let go of me, you weirdo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think at that point, everybody understood his mood. Yeah. <laughs> It must get really boring though, like you know, with everyone wanting to kiss you all the time. Yeah. You should hashtag me to that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, yeah. not your hand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll have to stand stand beside the pontiff. <laughs> In that case. Um, cool. But no, ah, oh, that's interesting though. Mm. I'm fascinated. Because um, I've always been interested in that whole sort of thing. Because even exorcisms, which you know, when when you're saying about like the exorcisms going back to the church, like even ones which are, um, yeah, spirit these spiritually type of exorcisms, yeah. they're probably the ones that you pay more money for. Yeah. Where someone wanders around with a bunch of sage and yeah. stuff, like you know, says "Be gone, spirits," and yeah. puts a crystal in the window that catches the you know the light and yeah, gives you a rainbow effect over your kitchen yeah. at four o'clock then, in the afternoon. Yeah. And then you're all fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the Jewish exorcism, I did know about that because I watched a film and I think it's called The Unborn. Mm. And um, we had it on DVD and um, a couple of times we sat down, me and my housemates, um, years ago, a couple of times to sit down. And do you remember title screens on DVDs? Mm. And it was so terrifying that oh. it took all of us about eight attempts to actually watch the film. And it was so rubbish. But they had a Jewish exorcism there. Oh, okay. Which was really, like, weird. Like yeah. a, a left turn. Didn't expect that. Because I'd watched yeah. so many Catholic yeah, exorcisms. exactly. Yeah, with the priests sort of going, yeah. be gone, Satan. Yeah. Um, no, I've... Um, like I did the same thing though, but with American Horror Story, yeah, and um, like the sort of inter intermediate, um, sort of like DVD screen. Oh is yeah, like super creepy. Yeah. Oh yeah, the title screen for yeah. American Horror Story. So yeah. like the the DVD sort of scene for it is also oh, really yeah. creepy, especially when you leave it on. Yeah. And it repeats. I did the same for um, uh, Twin Peaks, which oh, is really? also super creepy. Is it? Yeah. And when you wake up and you're, you know, when you've fallen asleep on the sofa, yeah. it's, it's like two in the morning and you're a bit disorientated. And then you sort of wake up and you're like, 
oh, and it's like going, and it's like a creepy baby, and yeah. like, you're like, ah, it's horrible. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> but that's easily exercised with like a cup of tea and a and all the lights your, on. Yeah, or your bed. <laughs> yeah, going to your actual bed with no feet sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, creepy. I know. Imagine though, like how scary it must be though to think that, like. That you're like, possessed. Yeah, if you're not, if you're not like a fraud or something yeah. like that, if, you, if you, you've you been persuaded, thought. yeah, that that's either by yourself or by your relations yeah. or friends or whatever, yeah. that, that you're actually possessed. And I don't know whether you would think that you were genuinely, um, well, clearly people are, but or whether it's more likely your family and friend members. Yeah, or sort of like the environment you're in makes yeah. you think, I must be possessed because of... Yeah. But how frightening that must feel. Yeah. Like, you know... If Which you makes genuinely me think believe that it. Dissociative disorder probably for, would fall quite, quite heavily in that in that mm. camp, where you don't really believe that you're in your own body. Yeah, that would be really. Yeah, tough. I think it would be really tough. Yeah, like. Um. But yeah, I guess if if. But then that's the thing is like also if you've had. I mean, like that woman who had was it Emily Rose, like yeah. which is probably a spoiler for the movie. I'm assuming. I, don't, I haven't actually <laughs> yeah, seen no, the film. Same. Um, but like, <laughs> well, mate, you know, I think I have seen it. And to it starve great. to death, like yeah. you know, because you believe that. Well, there's a couple. Of, yeah, they the, a couple of the other stories. There was a nun as well. She thought she was possessed. She starved, starved herself to death as well. Wow. I try and get rid of them. I know. Scary. It is. Anyway, on that note. Anyway, on that cheery <laughs> note. We'll exercise you of your demons, people. Yes. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye.